So now for the second week in a row, our main character of our gospel, John the Baptist, appears. Last week we were introduced to him as we heard about his interesting lifestyle, his, his attire, his diet, and that prophetic message of repentance. And then we heard how the entire community was rushing out to meet him, to be baptized by him. And today, our information about him goes deeper. With that very pointed question, who are you? Who are you? What is your identity? What is your mission? What are you doing here? Who sent you? What's the point of all this? Who are you? It's that question that we all ask when we meet somebody new. We don't ask it out loud. We wonder it in our mind and in our heart. Who are you? In our contemporary cultural situation, this quest for identity, the question surrounding identity, seems to be everywhere. There's lots of confusion. And most of that confusion stems from this desire or this perception that I have to self-identify, that I get to pick who I am, that I'm in charge, I'm in control. But the response that John the Baptist gives to his inquisitors is a good model for all of us. John the Baptist was the son of the high priest. The high priesthood was passed down through the lineage. So it makes sense that the people around were wondering, who is this? Are you the Messiah? The anointed one who's coming to free us are you Elijah, the great prophet whose, whose return has been promised? Are you the prophet? The prophet is the one that Moses promised when he was dying. The one who would come and be greater than Moses. And for thousands of years, the chosen people have been receiving prophecies about that day. That someday in the future, all of our, our struggles, all of our turmoil would be done because the one is coming on that day. And so here's this interesting character with a great following. Maybe we would call him an influencer today. Gathering so many people around him it makes sense that perhaps they thought that he was the one. How many of us would not like to be in that situation where the whole world is coming to us, flocking to us, giving us admiration and adulation, having control over the situation? And in taking that upon ourselves, letting the opinion of others inflate our ego. But how does John the Baptist respond? 
No, that's not who I am. How easy it would have been for him just to go with the crowd and let them dictate his life. It's the situation that so many of us face and fight today. Who am I? How do I figure out who I am? Do I know my meaning and my purpose in my life? Do I live, as one spiritual author says, as a slave in the minds of the people around me? Meaning I let them, their thoughts about me dictate my life. How many of us are so eager, desperately so, for a little bit of attention, a little bit of love, that we will allow the others around us to dictate our course, even if we know it's contrary to God's will, contrary to the moral law and the teachings of Holy Mother Church. Some of us are so desperate for any amount of love and attention that we are willing to do anything to get it. The life of John the Baptist shows us the proper way. As a little bit later, as we continue in John's gospel, we have that great passage where he sees Jesus walking by and he points to Jesus and says, behold him, look at him. He's the one that you're waiting for. The liturgy of the church, our life of discipleship, our life of prayer and penance, and preparation, especially during this time of Advent, is to help our hearts and our minds to hear that call to look at Jesus. And as we had the past two weeks, it's that looking at Jesus that saves us. It's looking upon him that we become who we're supposed to be. This season of Advent is a beautiful and precious and necessary time to fight against the rat race of the culture. The culture that says we can celebrate already. The culture that says we can celebrate our prideful self-identity. The culture that says we don't really need Jesus. Mother Church reminds us that we do. That we're called to encounter him. And it's this encountering, encountering Jesus that changes everything. Which is why we've switched a little bit today. And, and Father's wearing a rose-colored vestment and the rose-colored candle has been lit. This almost midway point of our season of preparation reminds us of the hope for which we dare, the promise which we dare to hope, that Christ is coming. And in one way, we know he's already here, but he's so near to us, and his promises will be fulfilled, and we should be rejoicing. Rejoice always, St. Paul said in the second reading, with a command, 
The command form of that verb, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in all circumstances give thanks. This is God's will for you. In our fight for our own identity, we lose sight of our mission, which is to do God's will. And so perhaps if we do those three things first, rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, and to in all circumstances give thanks, as we do that, maybe then we'll have more confidence in our identity. So when the world comes to us and says, who are you? We won't be distracted by the lies. We won't be so eager to fill in our wounds with the next best thing that comes around. But with the confidence, with the certainty of St. John the Baptist, our hearts, our minds, our gaze will always be directed towards Jesus. And in doing so, we will direct others to him as well. This weekend, this Gaudete, Rejoice Sunday, the penance, the purple of our practices, mingled with the white of life, of love, of hope, that's coming ever so closely. We take a pause from our normal penances and preparation to rejoice in the reality of how near Christ is. But I wonder if so many of us who have already begun to celebrate Christmas don't really need this day, this liturgical feast of celebration. Because we've bought into the cultural lies that the celebration of Christmas has already begun. And this is why the day after Christmas, when we're still in the midst of the season, so many people have already moved on to the next Hallmark holiday. And we don't allow Holy Mother Church to be our mother and our teacher. Each one of us has a desperate longing to belong, to have some sort of identity, to know our mission and our purpose. And so many of us spin our wheels in this crazy rat race. Receive the invitation from Holy Mother Church. In these last eight days or so, before we celebrate the nativity of our Lord, that regardless of how we spent these previous weeks, this last week really of preparation, we will try our best to do it well. And we will read the scriptures. We will come to daily mass if we can. We will certainly go to confession if we haven't gone yet. But in the spirit of prayer, of excited preparation, we will begin to prepare the hearts to receive the greatest gift ever, the gift of our salvation, Jesus Christ. St. Paul finished that passage from the second reading with these beautiful words. May the God of peace make you perfectly holy, and may you entirely, spirit, soul, and body, 
be preserved blameless for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will accomplish it. If you spend these last days well, these words will be true for you. Our God, our Father, our Lord is calling you. He is faithful. He is coming. Will you be ready?